0: hello and welcome to the gallant fuse daily news show for thursday the 18th of may 2023 my name is mcduff and i'll be giving you all the latest strangers news from the last 24 hours uh, first of all hello to all the regular subscribers who come back and watch the news day and day out and also a massive welcome to anyone who's listening to the news show for the first time we've put out this show today for free just as a wee promotion for your subscription service so For just one pound a month you'll be able to get your rangers news every day as well as at least one additional show per week if you do want to join if you just hit the join button on the youtube page you need to be logged into a desktop or a laptop to see the join button come up or if you're on apple or spotify or any of the uh, podcast platforms just simply click the become a member or subscribe button or follow the links and uh in the show description so be good to see you all um join us on the other side if you do like what you see today but that's enough um, um self-promotion um in the rangers news rangers uh yesterday put out an interview with incoming ceo james bisgrove who spoke to rtv for the first time since the announcement that he'll replace stuart robertson this summer so it's a 13-minute video um he was speaking to nick thompson from the rangers media team and it was quite a good interview i would um, urge and implore everybody to go and watch it um but i'm going to take out some of the some of the key aspects uh, for, for what I think were probably quite important to some fans. So he opened with, um, he was asked, what does it mean to uh, to hold this position in the Rangers? And he said, it means a great deal. It's a huge privilege. I've been at the club now for four years. I lived and believed it and been to the games home and away, and in Europe. So I've got a really strong sense as to what the club means to so many people. The support's here in Glasgow, Scotland, and right across the world. This club is special. The atmosphere at Eyebrows is like nothing else in the world. I'm feeling really positive, and with the chairman, John Bennett, and the manager, Michael Beale, I'm feeling really excited. So he then then went on to speak about his vision, and he says that him and the board have a clear strategy uh, from now until 2025 for the club. And they've put in ob- objectives that underpin that. Uh, but ultimately, they need, need to be successful as a football club and win trophies domestically and compete and have an impact in Europe. So that's the that's objectives that under, underpin the strategy and everything that we're trying to do. He's saying within the strategy and objectives, there's nine different areas which will help reach the strategy. So he didn't go into all nine, but he picked out two, which are really important and that he wants to speak about. Those two are financial stability and engagement and communication. So I'll come to what he was saying about the financial stability first. He says with this, with this area, the club need to continue to grow the revenue, and he referred back to what he spoke about before, the four pillars of the the, the revenue streams, those being season ticket revenues, commercial revenue european revenue and player trading model revenue all of them need to be working in some element for them to reach a goal um to continue growing the revenue Um, and the financial stability will all ultimately help help is what we do on the pitch but also he spoke about investing in the infrastructure looking watching the stadium expansion um he alluded to the new restaurant that's just opened up and edmiston house which is uh, um the, the flagship. chip um he, he described that i works in terms of um, facilities We uh, spoke about a new sports bar which is going to be coming soon and opening soon and uh plan to improve the disabled facilities, which I will speak about later on. In this section, he did say about safe standing. So off the back of improving um, disabled facilities and increasing the... Um, the capacity at ibrox safe standing as a conversation they are visiting with the board and fan groups as well to see how feasible that is so i think for me that's a big big win. Um, a big tick that it's there's will be a conversation around this previously it's been very much not a priority not an interest for the previous board, rightly or wrongly but um for, for myself i McMullen, worth, I would love to see a safe standing at Ibrox. I'm probably not going to go and sit there or stand there. Um, but I think if there's a need for it and I want for it from an element of the support, we should be able to. We should be able to support that. Um, so I'm glad to see that straight away. James Bizgrove is bringing that to the table in his first interview. That that's an option that they can explore. So moving away from the financial stability uh, the another one of the nine areas um that they're going to focus on for reaching a strategy was engagement and communication so he's saying that he's looking to talk and engage frequently with supporters and he said that this week he's already spoken with nasa and he's due to speak with the rsa this week last week he did speak to the union bells and this is given him an opportunity to explain everything in terms of the strategy and the decisions at the club he has acknowledged that they he won't always agree and um, with each supporters club or supporters representation but we can't please everybody but it's really important that um, there is an open two-way communication he did speak about communication, um, streamlining that with other other clubs within Scotland and the media as well, because he wants just to be visible and an outward facing um institution, basically. Um speaking further about the fan engagement, um he's he's he went on to say the genesis of this is having a real understanding and appreciation from the board that the supporters are integral to, to everything that we do at the club. None of the success that we're able to achieve or looking to achieve would be built possible without supporters. So he's saying he's going to apply a lot of his own focus and energy of his own time and his team into this. And he's already put um, in place a fan engagement forum, which um, will take place quarterly. And he's looking for for this to have tangible aspects and tangible objectives off the back of this to be able to evidence increased engagement with supporters and a better communication stream with the fans um so these will be held at edmondson house you've probably already seen the first ones, it's going to be in june and this will allow supporters to ask them questions and also for james der vanderbilt to provide updates and presentation of any any key going on at the club in terms of the strategy and um, so the fan had, um, fan engagement forum will be held um, alongside regular dialogue with the with key supporters groups and the supporters groups. He said, have already spoke about the Union Bears, RSA, NASA. He also spoke about OSA and the Bio loyal, because he does want to engage both the fans who go to Ibrox every week, but also those who support religiously from afar as well." Um, he spoke about there's going to be a fan advisory board implemented, who will at um, as almost an intermediate uh, media and help just keep the two-way dialogue between the board and the supporters and supporters group in place so the fan advisory group they shouldn't be or well, the fan advisory board sorry they shouldn't replace uh, the dialogue from uh, james bizgrove they should just be a vehicle to help that so again uh, my my terms with our uh, I think he's he's saying all the right things. It's um I think there was almost a feeling from the board over the last couple of years that fans were, you know, maybe treated with a wee bit of contempt and the the lack of engagement and the lack of communication um in any decision that we made was led to a vacuum, really. and when when there is no information. People will fill it with with noise, and that just really that led to a lot of unrest uh, between the uh, between the supporters and between the support and the board. And I think that was a that was a bit of unrest and unsettlement from the board's own making. So it's good to see that James Bisgrove is speaking about rectifying that and make and changing that altogether. Is. Um, he said that he's saying all the right things so far. Um he's put in place his first um CEO uh, fan engagement forum. So the proof will be in the pudding on how well these uh, land and how much effort he puts into that, but all is positive so far. Um another couple of key things, um he he was asked about the what are his initial priorities. Um early on in the role and he said he's currently in a transition period and he'll take over from Stuart Robertson in July. But he's really focused on recruitment on and off the pitch. So some leadership positions have been vacated. Uh, He said a thanks to everyone who served at Rangers, but ultimately he's looking for a sporting director, an academy director and a chief financial officer. Um, and, of course, somebody to replace him in the commercial and marketing director role. He said some of those conversations he's been having has showed him how attractive Rangers are on the market. And there'll be some announcements, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks. Um, he also spoke about the um, the player trading model um, and, you know, how important that's going to be. Um, he's He spoke about... Um, the focus on the pitch and the recruitment on the pitch the manager is already given himself and the board um the plan for he wants the rangers what to look like next season and michael will support time and time again about this being a transformation uh period for the club um there will be some updates on players recruitment coming in in due course um Again, he said, with this, he has, we need to recognise that the player recruitment is not just a linear process, um, there's multiple conversations happening at the same time, and there will be players grown out. Um, they'll take decisions based on the best interest of the club and make sure they keep in line with Michael Beale's plan as well. So I think he's getting that in very early on, that they won't, potentially will be some players sold for money or moved on, which might surprise us, but ultimately this will be in line with Michael Beale's strategy and what he wants Rangers to look like next season. So um, quite a lot to um, unpack there, but again, I think it's – I think as Judith came out and spoke quite openly about some of the key issues that we we do have as supporters, um, obviously – Everything is underpinned by how many silver things we have at the end of the season, and he spoke about that very early on. That you know we, we need domestic success, and we we need that success on the pitch. He, he, the words he was using, he wants to, he wants to see a dominant Rangers domestically, um, and I'm I'm all for that. So with that and um, continued engagement and communication with the fans, I, I think we will be on a quite a quite a different period and a different feeling um between the supporters and the world going forward so all the best to james Bisgrove, and i look forward to hearing from him more so um on to the next part of rangers news kind of t- leading on from what we spoke about for james Bisgrove's interview uh earlier yesterday rangers did this a statement on the upgrades to facilities for disabled fans and further developments within the stadium so i'll run through this uh, the statement quite quickly and take you at the again the kind of key points so the sa- statement red rangers are today pleased to update supporters on the plans to upgrade and improve facilities for disabled fans at ibrox with overall stadium capacity also set to rise so um, at a meeting last week a phase series of work was agreed with this summer um, and uh, um, consequence no subsequent (laughs) summers uh, being used and utilized for construction and so that'll lead into this summer summer 2024 and summer 2025 to provide ibooks with the best disabled facilities of any stadium in Scotland. So, in all, this significant investment will take the number of spaces for wheelchair users to 270, while 700 general access seats will also be added, taking the iBit's capacity to 51,500. So, the board have also reaffirmed the intention to improve facilities for all supporters, and um, we a phase program of concourse and toilet ref- refurbishment also under review so phase one will commence in a matter of weeks and the this will not impact season ticket holders for next season this work will include extending the concourses to create space for additional accessible toilets creating additional accessible chaos points alterations for the installations of lift to the accessible platforms Phase two will be undertaken uh, during the 2024 summer. Season ticket holders in the Brimwon and Copeland stands affected by this essential work will be consulted through the process and alternative seats will be identified for those who need it. So that's important uh, for the 24 25 season. Um, there may be some short term pain to support this um, if you. Sitting in one of the Copeland stands, that's myself and the Copeland rear included. So, this phase two work will include creation of new platforms to accommodate new wheelchair spaces, the construction of cantilevers to house new general access seating. Um, phase three will be undertaken in the summer of 2025, with the Sandy Jardin stand become the focus. Again, season ticket holders may be affected, but will be consulted due course. The work, including uh, including phase three, will be installation of additional accessible seating within the Sandy Garden stand, which will involve the loss of some seats. However, this will be mitigated with additional seating being installed in the Brooklyn and the Copeland stand. Um, so, you know, it's it makes sense to spread it over the three years, and I think most reasonable supporters should be okay Um, I'd like to think we're okay with supporting this project because I think the, the disabled facilities I books aren't very welcoming for those who need it, they're no, not welcoming it's, you know, they're they're stuck in the front line with you know one of the worst views um, in, in the main stand and are, pff, battering against the elements. Um, so it's not the best facilities for disabled fans. I so I think it is really important that we do address it. Um, if that means that I need to you know change where they sit for um, half a season or so, then then so be it. Um, I think it's I'll, I'll take that one for the greater good. Um, I'd like to think most supporters are um, are willing to. To do that as well, um not just for the disabled fans but also for the overall at um the, the overall facilities at ID's as well. I think um <laughs> refurbishment of the toilets um, is is very welcome for me it's just really up the hole in the wall in the in the building stand um so i'd like to see uh, some upgrades there and if there's another place i can get a pie with additional chaos i'm all for it too so hopefully you all feel as positive as i do um around this it will be interesting how the conversations with safe standing either alter or add on to these plans as well um or if they if they're a completely different set of uh work if we do agree to it just going back to james visceral's um point on safe standing i do think it's really important but it would be good to see this um phased in along with the um you know hopefully disney wait to phase three but hopefully we can do it alongside phase one or phase two if that is something that we do go ahead with so on to other rangers news um A lot of newspapers reporting yesterday that Rangers are reportedly close to signing um, Jose Cifuentes, um, the Ecuadorian international. So I'll be completely transparent. I don't really know too much other than what's been reported in the papers and on social media. Um, So uh, in terms of much about the player himself um what i do know is a 24 years old center midfielder he's an ecuadorian international he's currently at los angeles fc and um, in the mls and his contract expires this december so in the last 14 games he's got one goal and three assists from midfield um i think he's in the in the mold of a number eight um which i think we can um we can all agree we have struggled with that position um over the last couple of years if we've maybe had a ryan jacket form we've not really had any other options um so that for for those Bears, number eight, that kind of box to box uh, midfield or somebody, somebody with legs who can get up and do the pitch. Um. So. I don't know um i think there's been a lot of paper talk on anybody who is out of a contract in the summer and he's got the biggest of links to michael Beal. they're getting reported as being a potential ranger's target i don't know how much tooth there is um i don't know too much about the player but what we will do myself and the dairies will continue to be updated on um any stories that break throughout here um if his contract is expired in december he you know, it will be a it will be a fee still in the summer, but it will be a small fee probably. Similar to Nico Last and Todd Campbell, um, at twenty four years old, you'd like to find that is potential resale value in there as well. Um, you know, with the best case scenario, where the player trading model he comes and absolutely hits the ground running for Rangers for two years, wins a lot of silver medals, and we sell him on for ten times his money. Um, so a boy can hope um but we'll keep you posted as and when anything else uh, comes out with that story also in the papers yesterday um, michael Beale was speaking about tom lawrence's return and tom lawrence is a a player that um, everybody is excited about but does forget about you know he's very much it's ladies really Nobody's really got him in his mind until somebody reminds us that he is still come back for a, um injury and is very much, oh, Christ, I remember how good he started last season. He'll be massive. Uh, Michael Beale thinks the same, and he said, um, Tom will be a really important player for us. He's a player I haven't had and Gio didn't have for a long period, period either. He's been lost. It's been like that. Holanda was important to us. Ruth was important to us. Ruth has played twice since I came back and scored in both games. He's just not been available. We lost key players, in my opinion. Key athleticism, enjoyable, Calvin Bassey, and Nathan Patterson for good money, but we lost key players. Balogun was a big influence, Defoe was a big influence, influence. Hilander and Ruth were too. We brought Lawrence in to be a big influence as well. He came in as an important signing and experienced member of the squad. He didn't come in to be a player for the future, he came to be a now player. I expect him to be back probably a couple of weeks into pre-season, either at the same time as everybody else or a couple of weeks behind. But having said that, he needs to make up maybe eight or ten months. So we need to clean that up for sure. We need need to have our strongest, oldest, most experienced players available more often this year, playing with a bit more consistency and a slightly tighter squad. And then we'll see what it takes us. The challenge will be the same. The pressures and the expectations are maybe going to be a little bit higher it is an exciting time because it's a time of change and i'm going to go in there with real optimism so it was really really bad work with all Morgan so than slash i think we all agree um that there's been too many as michael bill said experienced key senior members as well, not being able to contribute for one reason or another some of it has been been down to lack of form or poor performances um uh, others have been long-term injury issues a, a lot ryan jack tom lawrence was just bad luck then we did have an element of that last year yes we've maybe signed injury prone players in Holanda and roof tom lawrence doesn't have a long um a long extended um, history of being injured. Um, he, He's always been available for our club and country. It's just been bad luck. And a shame for him as well. That he, he he came in, um, he hit the ground running, he missed the World Cup as well. And he, I think he would have been a massive player for his last season. I think if he does get back fit over pre-season, he will be huge for us. He does add something different. I know we do have some sim- some players in similar positions, like Malik Tillman, who may be here uh, next season, Janis Hajj and Todd Cantwell. But in that position, I think Tom Warden does give us something different. And that's where we've struggled. We've we've had players in similar positions who have been very much like for like, and one's just been a drop off of others in terms of quality. I think Tom Warden springs quality, but it's just a different option and probably a bit more aggressive. And uh, he he can maybe come from a bit deeper um, than what maybe Hadji and Tillman can do. So I'm very excited to see what he can um what he can do alongside Elisa Campwell and, and Rastion for a bit deeper as well. And um, big big Tom Lawrence fan, so hopefully he does hit the, the ground running. Um last week update for me uh, is that the continuous credits chart sorry easy for me to say continuous credit card stream emails um came out yesterday and just a reminder for anybody that didn't see it any season ticket holders um you should have got the emails about it Um so if you a big reminder if you were in the cccs last year they are not automatically renewed so you need to renew it yourself you'll need to enroll again and pick your preference so obviously the options are you can pick um, to be enrolled in all non-season ticket home matches and or friendlies and um, so you can pick one of them or both of them bear in mind for any ballots and stuff that the non-season ticket home uh no sorry if you're enrolled in the CCCS for the non-season ticket home matches, when it does come to a cup ballot for the semi-final or the final, you tend to be higher up the priority list if you are in the CCCS. Um, so bear that in mind. Also bear in mind that Rangers um, will give you 30 seconds notice when they take money out of your account as well. So it's the pros and the cons there. So um, just be careful. Sometimes Rangers are very quick to take the money out. So make sure it doesn't leave you short. At the same time it's if you can do it it will bump you up the list a wee bit uh, typically so emails are out and you'll be able to enroll again in that um so just before i finish up um it's now been one year since um our day in civil um that is madness um a year ago already um it'd be nice to hear um listeners memories and or even how they got to civil or what their thoughts on it were in the comments um I, but for me it's, it I think it is probably be my best memories following rangers um, also the 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 result was a killer but just the whole day and the atmosphere and it was different for manchester I was only 14 in manchester so going there as an adult and just being able to be really take in the day um it was amazing first time i met some of the podders as well um steve galdon mason too, um david park um, over there it was it was an absolute terrific experience um the journey there and the journey back however i'm going to leave you with that um it'd be nice to see if there's any weird and wonderful routes in the comments and um, my my journey um was an absolute nightmare the um the day before um i left work early i drove down to newcastle uh, if I, For Glasgow City Centre, flew from Newcastle to Menorca, and then an hour later flew from Menorca to Barcelona. Stayed the night in Barcelona and flew to Seville the next morning. The day after the game, I was up at seven in the morning. I agreed to get a lift from Seville to madrid and um, there was me thinking before about all these flights that um civility madrid is like from Glasgow East bride but not it's like a <laughs> it's like a seven-hour car drive Um so got a lift at civility madrid flew from madrid south to gran canaria then flew from gran canaria to newcastle and then drove up from newcastle at four in the morning and i tell you what I still made my work the next day. So there you go. How's that for hardcore? I'm not in a hurry to do that. I'm still jet lagged for that journey, if I'm being honest. But would I do it all again? Aye, I would. I would. Best it was, I didn't even have a ticket for the game. I watched the game in in the Beanback Stadium. But no regrets, absolutely. So that'll do me for today, folks. Again, thank you to all the regular listeners who come back every day. It's appreciated as always. And thank you to anybody who's listened for the first time if you do want to hear more and um, we'd love if you can subscribe to the pod for just one pound a month on youtube apple or spotify uh, again apple and spotify the links will be um the links will take you to either Acast or anchor and um, if you um want to sign up and just put in your details there then the, all these additional podcasts will show on the spotify or apple app for youtube just simply join um the page or using the join button on the channel but you do need to be logged into a desktop or a laptop to do that um for that one pound a month you'll get the daily rangers news every day it'll either be myself or the two davies who do it um and and one extra show a week. This week, the top ten greatest of Rangers captains dropped. Um, that'll be uh, that should already be with you. That was put up last night. And next week, you'll have interviews with Ian Hogg from Heart and Hand coming on to speak about his new book, and Wilf Marshall uh, from the Rangers Rabble will be coming on to give his ten questions on his time for Rangers. So. Um, Until then, folks, I'll be back tomorrow to speak to you um, with all the Daily Rangers news. Until then, have a lovely Friday Eve. Thanks for listening. Take care.